Welcome to Podcasts Are Wonderful, episode 49. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Improv for Humans, number 203, featuring Matt Besser, Darcy Carden, Jill Donnelly, and Craig Rowan. But first, we're going to be talking to my guest. Uh, this man is a musician of some note. He is uh, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he is He's won Emmys, uh, I believe Oscars. All kinds of different awards for his beautiful music. Uh, one of the great songwriters of our time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Randy Newman. Randy. Hello, people. So, yeah, you're, Randy, you've won, uh, have you won Academy Awards? Oh, yeah, I've won two of them. And I've been nominated 25 times. That's a lot of times. What is that? That's like uh, 8% success rating? I don't know. <laughs> Yes, I know. It doesn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence. And it also is disappointing that I won for probably my worst songs. Oh, which songs won for you? If I didn't have you from Monsters, Inc. and We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. I wrote a lot of really, really beautiful music for a lot of other movies, including the first two Toy Stories. But my crappy little song for the third one, that's the one that won the Academy Award. Yeah, that's funny. You would think that that... uh... That friend song from the first Toy Story, that would have been the one. Oh, no, it's an ubiquitous song. Weird. And uh, you didn't win an Oscar for short people? No, no. I wish I I had done a movie about that to be in contention for that because I sure would like to get my anti-short people agenda down on celluloid. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Like, what is your beef with short people? What's the deal? Well, they're always there. They're down on the ground and they look up to you and it's it's they, you know, they have that insecurity as and so they talk to you as if, oh, you're taller than me, but I'm better than you. I just I don't like them. They're full of themselves. Okay, and that that song is not ironic or joking at all. That's your literal opinion. My record label made me say that, oh, you know, I'm a satirical artist you know, uh, it was all it was all just a joke, and it's actually a commentary on bigotry. But no, when I wrote it down, I was actually I was I was going out, I was getting a big old piece of pizza, and I ran into an actor who I later learned was Peter Dinklage, and he was just it was very very pompous talking to me. He's like, "Oh, excuse me, sir, you almost walked into me," and I'm like, "Well, why don't you watch where you're going?" And so I was full of them feelings, so I sat down at the piano. And I put my feelings into music, as I like to do. And then, like, uh, that song, I Love L.A., it's just about how much you love L.A., right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love I love all the... If you listen to the lyrics, I talk about the things that are really important to me, like the bums on every street corner begging all of the rich people walking by for money. I really love that. So would you say, like, most of your songs are about the people you don't like? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. You know, you write about what you love, and what I love is hating people. <laughs> What's the worst group of people to you? Oh boy, I got I, I got a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> um, well, you know the Electric Light Orchestra. I wrote a satirical song about them, and those are just a bunch of pretentious ass motherfuckers I've ever met. <laughs> wow, Jeff Lynne. Jeff Lynn with his Beatlesque harmonies and his beautiful melodic piano lines. Man, he's just ripping off me. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before, but now that you bring it up, I can definitely see that. Uh, so what was this song then? I haven't heard that one, unfortunately. Oh, it's, just, it's called The Story of a Rock and Roll Band. And actually, you can't really hear my agenda in the song because <laughs> the because the song is actually just sort of a really plainly stated history of the rock and roll band. There were five English boys and one of them played the big violin. But if you listen to the tone of my voice, you can hear some deep-seated hatred against these people. Oh, okay. And maybe like you're being sarcastic and stuff. And like, Absolutely. I'm still figuring out how to convey sarcasm in singing. Like I always thought that so- Toy Story song, you're like, you got a friend in me. I thought that was what you were like saying. Like, oh yeah, no. As I was singing, I was, I was making the jerk off motion as I was recording <laughs> my vocal. Oh geez, there's been a lot of uh, the jerk off motion lately on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so you've you've had music 
in a lot of different movies, like all those Disney movies for one thing, but then also uh, Meet the Parents, apparently you had music in. Oh, yeah. Did you write it specifically for that movie or was it just like they played short people or something? Yeah, I, I originally was pushing for short people to be in the movie, but then I found out that those hoity-toity assholes at the Academy wouldn't have allowed it to get a nomination because apparently it was written in 1977. And since the movie came out in 2001, it didn't qualify. So I wrote a song out of spite. It was called A Fool in Love. And you know what fools I was referring to? Oh, the Academy, those I bet. Stuffed, those stuffed shirts at the Academy. Damn. I wonder if you made a movie specifically about short people and i mean if it was a movie based on the song if that would if they would let that pass it has to be written for the song is that what you're telling me oh yeah there's a lot of details i want to get in there um they got little baby legs that stand so low you got to pick them up just to say hello i hate that (laughs) Every time I run into a short person and I say hi, they always kind of tap their foot expectantly (laughs) as if they want me to pick them up. And I'm tired of doing that. I'm getting old. My arms are tired. Yeah, it's hell on your back, too. I know. I got my chiropractor. I walk in there and he's like, "Ugh, another short person. And I'm like, yeah, you know. The trick is you got to squat down and then lift them with your legs. Ah, You know, they told me that. I really got to start doing that. I always forget. I don't know, just kind of practice, like do some squats or something, just really straighten out that back, get down real low, and then, you know, stand back up, do that a bunch, and then eventually, I think it'll be like, uh, it'll be instinct for you, it'll be second nature. I'll keep that in mind. You don't just make music for the movies, though. I mean, you're also just a regular musician. You were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, Uh, yeah. I always say, if I want to really rock out, I get out a Randy Newman album, <laughs> blast that yeah. so loud, oh, and then boy. I just kind of headbang there, and you know, uh, yeah, awesome. I really, I really got the people. They were raising the devil sign in the audience and waving <laughs> their lighters as I plunked away on my piano, singing my funny little songs. <laughs> Steven Tyler gave me a thumbs up. Oh, it was such an honor. Oh man, yeah. What do you do if like some asshole in the audience is like, Freebird? I, well, I make up a song on the spot about how much I hate them because that's when inspiration strikes. You know, uh, I think a lot of your uh, songs sound pretty improvisational. Like uh, you're just a stream of consciousness. Uh. Yeah, it's almost like my lyrics are an afterthought. <laughs> I, like to, I like to plunk out a really pretty piano medley and then I just sort of mutter on top of it about whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> Make sure to YouTube a few words in defense of our country, which is literally that. I'm just playing some jazz chords, and I'm just talking about the 2004 election over top of that. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that song. Uh, So, yeah, you're a rock and roll guy, of course. Uh, Randy, you got to tell me about these groupies. Oh, boy. Well, you know, problem is, is that I'm getting a lot of masochistic short girls. Oh, no. It's backstage. You know, I sit I sit outside by the bus expectantly waiting for, you know, some hot mamas with some big old bazonkies to come on. <laughs> and instead, it's just these damn short girls. And of course, I got to pick them up to give them a kissy on the mouth. And it's just it's laborious. Yeah. And then plus, I think you're probably, uh, this is my assumption. I don't know if it's true, but it seems like you're probably touring like uh, arts centers and things like that. Not necessarily the uh, more mainstream rock uh, venues. So I don't know about the crowd that comes out there. I know. I keep wanting to get some some rock and roll chicks to come backstage (laughs) and do some heroin with me. But instead, I get these artsy people. All they want to do is talk about Basquiat. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I would love to talk about Basquiat. Oh, Greggy, come on. <laughs> I have to go through this every time with the short girls. Could you just explain what Basquiat is for me for one second, though? Oh, sure. I'll do so to the best of my ability because I have a lot of knowledge about Basquiat. Well, he's uh, some kind of painter. I-, I believe he's French. I believe Basquiat is French for biscuit. And what he likes to do... He really likes those red lobster cheddar biscuits. 
And so, and so he he doesn't. And so he paints advertisements for Red Lobster all over the place. It usually happens that they're on billboards. <laughs> well, that's lucky for him. He makes a lot of money that way. I bet. Oh yeah. Okay, thank you. That was one hundred. That was like all I needed to hear. Thank you. You're a pretty pol- political guy, right? Oh yes, I've, I've, I follow politics very avidly. It inspires a lot of those hateful feelings. What do you think about all these crazy Republicans running this year? Isn't it crazy? I know. It's like, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Which is the craziest to you, do you think? Well, Donald Trump, of course, is the most, is the example that immediately comes to mind. Yeah. He's pretty out there. But then you look into like Rand Paul's eyes and you know, (laughs) that guy could slit your throat with no remorse i know he has a cold dead stare i ain't never seen him blink (laughs) and then he would bathe in your blood (laughs) and that's just what i think about Rand paul i don't know i'm not a really political guy but that guy just it jumped out at me about him so you do a lot of music for movies but have you ever thought of maybe just making your own movies well besides the short people story right right exactly besides that Um, well, you know, I actually, I've been thinking about making a biopic about my own life, you know, because I, I grew up in New Orleans. And then my mother, she transplanted me to L.A. when I was just a little baby boy. But I have such fond memories of growing up in New Orleans and riding the lily pad along a bog and sucking sap from the huckleberry tree and <laughs> fighting a crocodile. And, uh, you know, I would always get made fun of because I was always playing my little songs and plonking away on the piano. You know, because growing up, I, you know, I was, I was a little bit of a geek. By that, I mean I, I would bite the heads off of chickens to entertain my friends. <laughs> so you would, you would make an autobiographical picture? Yes, of course. And I, of course, I, I would do all the music. Don't remember much about my baby days, but I've been told. I used to live on Willow in the Garden District, next to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I, I don't mean to accuse you of anything, but this story kind of sounds like Princess and the Frog that you already did music for. Well, you know, uh, the Princess and the Frog, that certainly had a connection to me. Because I, I have kind of a little bit of experience with uh, curses being placed on... <laughs> But actually in reverse, because I'm, I'm a frog. I was born a frog. Oh, wow. And then a, a witch picked me up and I peed on her hand. And so she turned me into a human as punishment. This is an amazing has- story. So when you were a frog, you were really short. So she met you and she had to pick you up to say hello. Yes. And then you thanked her by peeing on her. Well, I was a frog. I was doing what frogs do. And also, I got really scared. But actually, you bring up a good point. I suppose that I'm, I'm kind of displacing a lot of my hatred of short people because I myself am very short in real life. So have you been trying to be turned back into a frog? Have you decided you like being a human? What's the deal? I mean, it's an awful lot easier to play the piano without the frog hands. And But believe me, I tried. But I, I cannot find anyone to give me true love's kiss. <laughs> it's almost as if no it's almost as if no one can fall in love with a hateful, bigoted man who spends all his days plonking away, making happy songs on the piano. <laughs> oh, and it has to be true love, so these groupies you're coming across, they don't work. Yeah, it's hollow. The short girls. They're nice and all. I mean, it makes me feel really big, which as a man, you know, that's how you want to feel. Oh, big, strong man could throw the girl across the room if you want to, if they're into that. Uh, But, you know, I I crave companionship deep down, and I feel very sad. Now, I happen to know uh, you've actually been married twice, and you have five children. Uh, (laughs) So have you just never kissed your wives <laughs> or <laughs> you didn't love them or what's the story there? <laughs> they didn't love me. They only loved me for my fame. Okay. And, and that beautiful music too, I bet. And uh, them beautiful sing-songy piano plink plonky music. 
they they fell in love with the idea of Randy Newman. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a, it's, a, it's a situation that I've faced all too many times in my life. I've been married five times, and I have five all these times? children. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I only saw two on Wikipedia. I, and, I, of course, I met two of your wives, but I, I haven't met the other three. That's crazy. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. Which ones of them did you meet? Well, I met... Uh... <laughs> oh, no, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I met Ross Witha, and I also met. Ah, oh, yes, Ross Witha. <laughs> she was quite a lady, but she only spoke she only spoke German, and I only spoke English. You know, I'm actually a very very popular in Germany, so she started off as a groupie. But actually, you know what? That was on me because she did love me, and we produced many beautiful children together. But. She was only 3'11", which is, oh, no. is coincidentally my favorite band. But still, <laughs> I, was not, I was not able to reconcile that in my mind. And so I could never truly love her because of that. I understand. I mean, everybody's got their little quirks and that's just your thing. I mean, nobody can. I mean, everybody has their own thing. So it's, it's dumb to uh, say, you know, your thing is wrong, but my thing is OK. Yes. But at the same time, it's it's. It's kind of, I'm living in my own personal hell. It's a catch-22 because I can't make any people that I would love fall in love with me. And the only people who love me are goddamn short girls. Maybe now that you found the source of uh, your hatred, maybe you can uh, work on it a little better. Yeah, maybe I'll write a song about it. (laughs) I guess I was wrong all those years about short people. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, well, I just wrote that, and I think I might write that song now, so you cannot have it. I swear to God, if you put that in the movie and it gets nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> well, I have been uh, contacted to do a little bit of a punch-up on Princess and the Frog 2, so <laughs> I can't make it. I didn't it. even know they were making a sequel. <laughs> well, it's going to be straight to video, but yeah, we are working on it. Apparently, this time the girl is going to turn into a frog. It's pretty crazy. Oh, man. Well that, well, that gets me all excited. We talked about politics a little bit, but you actually endorsed President Obama uh, for his reelection in 2012. Uh, are you sticking with him for 2016 or? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'd love to see him continue his third term. Honestly, I, I love President Obama, but what I really love is Joe Biden. Oh, he's, he's great. Such, he's such a cool cat. You know, he drives his he drives his th- firebird around the White House lawn. Mm-hmm. And he takes <laughs> he takes the train to Washington every day. But a lot of people don't know. He just drives his car under the train. He's not supposed <laughs> to do that either, but he's the vice president. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. I appreciate I appreciate his sincerity. You know, you always know you're getting Joe and some and sure sometimes. He gets a little touchy-feely with the other female politicians, gives him a little squeeze-squeeze on the booty. But, you know, you're, you're getting Joe, and that honesty and candidness is refreshing in a politician. Are you trying to talk him into running? Uh, he seems a little reticent about wanting to get into a big campaign. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've, I've been trying to inspire him with, with a nice campaign song. And and it's it's really nice. It has a real pretty melody, and it pl- and I'm plinking plonking on the piano. But he voiced his concern with the fact that half of the lyrics are again about how much I hate short people. <laughs> well, yeah, but- and liberal people are notoriously skew short. So I think uh, just politically, I think uh, he's got a good point, Randy. I'm sorry to say. Well. I mean, it's hard for me to accept because I was really banking on this to push my career back into relevance because it's kind of been a while since I've done music for a movie now. And, I'm, you know, I'm trying to hold on to my fame. It seems like you've done mostly comedy songs. You know, you've done uh, music for these kids movies that are kind of they have their funny parts. And then you've done like Meet the Parents, Leatherheads. He's really, you know, you think of the, the most funny movies that have come out in the past 20 years, and they're all going to have a Randy Newman song in them, Seabiscuit. So maybe you could work on maybe getting into a dramatic movie. Well, you know, I have done some dramatic scores, 
like I did the score for the natural and they use that score sometimes when like in another movie where like someone's amping up to hit a baseball with a bat that I wrote that I was inspired to write that song when I was playing catch with my son and he chucked the baseball at my head and knocked me out and I got a concussion when I woke up that was the music I heard well, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think we're quibbling a little bit because I would say The Natural is one of the funnier movies out there, but all right. You you actually do do have a good point, though. I haven't done a dramatic movie in a very long time. I, you know, I'd love to do I'd love to do something, you know, for one of these great dramatic films that are coming out. You know, I mean, shoot, name any great dramatic movie and I could come up with a song for it. Okay, well, how about uh, that new one they're coming out with pretty soon, uh, Selma 2? <laughs> well, there's a man named Martin Luther King, and he's setting all his people free. <laughs> and that I think people shorter than five foot tall, well, they could just go to hell. <laughs> oh, Randy. <laughs> what did I talk about short people again? Yeah. Like, kind of black out. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, you wouldn't go to like, uh, oh, shoot. I was going to say 311 because I was here, but I can't think of their, their songs. Uh, <laughs> you got all mixed up. You got down. You got amber is the color of your energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if you if you went to 311 and said, I want a song, about uh you know purple energy or something then obviously they're gonna screw it up they're not gonna be able to do that so when you come to randy newman you can't say i want a song about how great short people are so i i've got to excuse i've got to excuse you that was on me (laughs) that's right yeah what i got what i'm doing that's working for me (laughs) exactly i've got a good idea what about if uh maybe we could collaborate on this we could write a story a, a movie about like uh, maybe how the actors behind the characters of the Munchkins and Wizard of Oz were <laughs> pretty horrible people behind the scenes. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't done the research yet, but uh, it can be assumed, right? Exactly. So <laughs> maybe we could figure something out to work to your strengths. Well, you know that urban legend where how in that scene where Dorothy is meeting the Tin Man for the first time and in the background, you could see you could see a, a munchkin hanging from the rafters because he got cut out of the movie or something like that. Yeah, I've heard that urban legend, but I think they figured out that was just a uh, cardboard cut out of Leonard Nimoy. Oh, well, suddenly I don't like that movie as much. <laughs> but uh, come on, look at the bright side. I bet a bunch of those munchkins hung themselves. Just not on the movie. <laughs> Well, that's that's pretty dark. <laughs> I love it. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm writing music for the new Toy Story. I'm oh, very, yeah. very excited. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for that. Toy Story 4. It's going to be a romantic comedy, a love story between Woody and Bo Peep. And first off, that that idea alone, hook, line, and sinker with the little kids, because who doesn't want to see a romantic comedy between two toys? Um, But it's actually, it's got a really good hook to it. You know, it's got a lot of heart, a lot of feeling, because it's about uh, Woody and Bo Peep's problems consummating. (laughs) Because Woody, he got got that big, hard plastic head, Uh but everything below it is just soft fabric. Oh. Wow, that's a great point. I had never thought of that before and like the ramifications of that. But that's a good point. So how do they get around this? Or do I have to watch the movie to find out? Well, you got to watch the movie to find out. But I I will say that there is a very, very touching scene where Bo Peep is is, is rubbing Woody's back and saying, it's okay, it's okay. It happens to everyone. (laughs) And then Woody says, not Andy's mom's toys. (laughs) <laughs> my name is woody for christ's sakes <laughs> yeah that must it's be PG, really it's tough, pg-13 <laughs> yeah at least yeah 
Yeah, he's kind of living in his own personal hell, sort of like mine. His name is Woody, but he cannot, he cannot bring the promise of that name to a woman. And I don't know if his doll is anatomically correct anyway. It seems unlikely, <laughs> knowing dolls. Yeah, you got the big stringy arms and legs, and his torso is the same width as his head. So, uh, Randy, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to the podcast? No, let's get right on into it. I'm excited. Okay. Well, it was right around that time that old Andrew Clotworthy got himself the idea that he was going to run Moonshine out past the county lines. Now, you know as well as I do that the Pinker Boys got this whole holler dry as a dog's bone so they can sell their bathtub pooch for a hellacious profit. Of course, Andrew Clotworthy never let any of that give him no never mind. He fired up his Twitter account, at Clotwo, C-L-O-T-W-O and fired off a DM to Hartford Pinker himself telling him he was going to ride his souped up Toyota Celica with a trunk full of white lightning straight through the scenic covered bridge out on Highway 9. Now, Hartford's many things but a fool sure ain't one of them. He knew of a real wily fox like Andrew Clotworthy said he was going to be up north at Highway 9. He better haul ass out to the swamp road down south to the Pussy Willow Patch. He slipped the CD he had made of all the great songs at http colon forward slash forward slash www.soundcloud.com slash clotworthy to listen to on the way because even though andrew clotworthy was his number one blood feud sworn enemy he had to admit that the man knew how to write a beautiful song well needless to say when the pinka gang got down to the swamp road there was nothing to see down there because true to his void andrew clotworthy had taken the scenic bridge route after all laughing all the way. He made a pretty penny that day, selling his fine product to all the thirsty people in Brother Lover County, but he couldn't make it to the podcasting studio on time to make it on this podcast. Maybe next time. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, my voice was all messed up because I had swallowed an entire fish skeleton. Follow me on Twitter at the Greggiest. Send me an email to podcastforwonderful at gmail.com or rate and review the show on iTunes. This week, MC Khaleesi and Spunky Funerism took a break from their busy yet emotionally fulfilling lives and wrote very nice reviews. It's always so nice when giants in their fields, or I guess you would say moguls really, come down to your level and say, hey, Great job. Keep reaching for that star, buddy. Nothing is more inspirational to a plucky young podcaster like myself than that. I know there are still a few masters of the universe out there who've been holding their tongues on the matter so far, so please do me a favor and lower yourself to my level of leaving me an iTunes review. Or better yet, tell your friends about the show on Facebook or say a Twitter thing. Thanks for listening, and like I always say, a pee-pee, poo-poo, applesauce. Oh my god, there's a squirrel. Everybody, oh, wait, circle up, circle up, circle up. Wait, circle don't up. take off into the woods. Run, kids, run. Oh, oh they god. tumbled down the cliff. No, you don't know no. where to go. Oh my god, okay, we're in the rapids. Everybody grab your knees. Grab your knees. Grab your knees. Grab your knees, guys, butts down. And they take off through the rapids. Somehow they do survive the rapids and they pull up into a shoreline when suddenly they see a little chipmunk on the shore. Oh my god. Back in the water, back in the Okay, I'm going to drown myself. Yes. I'm tying this rock yes. to my feet because I don't want to get rabies and then come but back and But over kill the you. falls, they tumble before <gasps> he can drown himself. <laughs> they come up in this beautiful oh lagoon, not even oh part of where tourists oh are able to goodness. walk. Oh, my goodness. This is better than the tree line. Look yes, at how yes, nice yes. this is here. Oh. Like they see a little... Uh, a whooping crane with with one leg in the air, Aww. gently drinking from the lagoon. Oh That's beautiful. God. But be careful, little peck your eyes out. Oh my, oh god. my god! What? They jump back I'm into the rapids. <laughs> Guys, can you hear me? Sort of. <laughs> I have a gun in my fanny pack. Oh my god! Is it wet? No, it doesn't matter. It's waterproof. Great. Should we do it? Let's. Kill ourselves. I'll kill you first and then myself. Are you sure? This is, I think, what Dad was talking about. Dad knows nothing! 
So this week, Randy Newman and I listened to Improv for Humans, episode 203, featuring Matt Besser, Darcy Carden, Jill Donnelly, and Craig Rowan. And uh, Improv for Humans, uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but it's a podcast where uh, Matt Besser, one of the preeminent men in the field of improvisational comedy, uh, gets some improvisers into the studio too. They'll do like, uh, you know, scenes based on uh, somebody's personal story or a YouTube video or just one word suggestions from Twitter. And it's a great show. It's really fun. So go check out Improv for Humans, but that isn't the ratings because that's not that part of the podcast yet. Instead, right now, what we're going to do is uh, Randy and I are going to talk about it. So uh, Randy? Yeah. Does your wife have a free pass celebrity? You know what? This this is actually kind of a difficult question for me because we've ha- we have had this discussion, you know, over over who would be our free pass and I said, "No, you know, I I love my wife. I'm I'm an honorable man. No, I don't need a free pass." But she immediately said Rod Stewart. Like she didn't even have to think about it. Like she didn't even give me she didn't even give me the benefit of saying like oh you know like uh, if I had to then no just immediately Rod Stewart so I wasn't worried about it and then I get the soundtrack for Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron and of course I write the title song the Beautiful Pony and who does the record label want to come in and sing it but Rod Stewart. Of course, my wife finds this out through the trades, and so she begs me. It's like, honey, honey, please. I know about the whole free pass thing, but let me just come in. You know, I just want to meet him. Events pass, and I'm paying for their steak dinner, and now my wife is running off with Rod Stewart, and we're getting a divorce. Wow, that's rough. And I mean, it, if you're a big celebrity like you, it's kind of tough having that because it seems a lot more likely that these two people could actually meet. Yes, it's truly, truly a hell that I live in. <laughs> you know, I kind of have a, a similar problem because uh, my my wife's definition of celebrity and mine is, is not similar at all. Uh, she tends to think that if 10 or more people know your name, then you're a celebrity to her, uh, which I don't know, kind of I get where she's coming from in the internet age. Becoming uh, famous is easier now than it has ever been in history before, but I I don't know. And I don't think she should get to, okay, so her idea for the rule is, you know, once you consummate that thing that you get to pick a new one. So yeah, that, that's been going on for a little while. And (laughs) she just, it's like a game of leapfrog with her. I I tell you. So wait, she she only likes internet celebrities like PewDiePie. (laughs) No, that's just her. That's just her example. Uh, mostly it's been like, you know, just people around the neighborhood, uh, <laughs> the kids, teachers at school, that sort of thing. And then, of course, mine, Janet Reno, the uh, <laughs> secretary of state for Bill Clinton. <laughs> I've never met her. I, I've wanted to. She's uh, a powerful but, woman. Yeah, exactly. That really turns me on. And so, of course, I said that before I realized what hers was, you know, what her deal was. So I'm kind of locked in because, you know, until that happens, I can't change things up because that's against the rules, she says. So <laughs> pretty tough. Hey, has uh, has your wife ever mentioned a, a certain singer-songwriter who writes music for children's movies, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Well, she, you don't live near here, so I don't know if she wants to burn one. I mean, she might be stuck for a while until that can happen. <laughs> Dang it. Don't worry, buddy. I mean, <laughs> it's been a while since I was on that list. I know how you're feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that feels pretty mean. <laughs> Poor wife. <laughs> I love you, baby. You're the best. <laughs> okay, let's see. Randy, you're a big President Obama supporter. Would you make love with him to ease his burdens? <laughs> you know, I would. He's got a very soft face, and most importantly, he's he's five seven. Oh, nice! It, you know, because honestly, I don't I don't discriminate. It's it's 2015. I don't discriminate against gender and who I seek the comfort of physical touch with. The most important thing is that they're not short. I'll accept even below average height. 
And you're, you're a big supporter. I don't know what if, if President Obama gave you a kiss, would you consider that true love or what do you think? Oh, my gosh. Well, President Obama really seems to love his country. And I'm a part of that country. Hey, this is actually a pretty good idea. I'm kind of a famous celebrity. I bet I could get into the White House. I have that Joe Biden connection. <laughs> yeah, it could work. I don't know. You could, I think you should at least give it a try. All I have to do is sit President Obama down. Hey, let's let's talk about oh, uh, well, let's we'll do some charity work together because that's what famous people do, and then we'll have one too many my ties, and one thing leads to another, and sure enough, I'm back to hopping on a lily pad down in New Orleans or Orleans. I'm sorry, I forgot my accent. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I kind of agree with you. Uh, I definitely want to do whatever I can to, you know ease president obama's you know worries and stuff uh but i gotta say if it was me and him there would be no making love it would be straight fucking bro <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want a president in the streets <laughs> freaking the sheets bro. <laughs> but i think that could be a real uh, stress reliever as well so i don't know hit me up brock is there anywhere your wife won't let you touch for some reason, my wife will not let me touch her anywhere except for her ears. And then when I ask her why, she said, oh, baby, it's your music that I fell in love with. Like, the, making love with you is a pure aural experience. And I'm saying A-U-R-A-L. So, so the only way that we can make love is I have to stimulate her ears. And that is not very not satisfying for me. You've got two kids with her, so it's got to be working somehow. I don't, I don't know how the hell that happened, to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense from what I learned in biology class. It, is it totally just the music or like, are you rubbing your dick on those ears or what's oh, going great. on there? I'm sorry. You know, I don't usually get to cut loose like this, but I know you're a real man's man. <laughs> we're, we're a couple of bros growing <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't usually get rock and roll guys in here that I can just really cut loose with. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if the the special milk, it, it trickles down <laughs> through her various cavities and somehow ends up in her belly. So what you're telling me, that does happen, though. It gets there. Yes, that's what I'm trying to imply. <laughs> Have you ever hit an animal with your car? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm more hard-pressed to name animals I haven't hit with my car. <laughs> <laughs> Your car is kind of like Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. And I really, and you know, the zookeepers get awful mad at me <laughs> for, <laughs> for driving my Nissan Versa around the zoo <laughs> exhibits, but it's a lot of fun. I get to see the animals up close. <laughs> if they don't like it, they shouldn't really have started a drive through zoo to begin with. I don't know what they're <laughs> thinking. I know. I agree with you. Last year, I did. Uh, I hate to say it. It, it was a pretty traumatic. Uh, I did end up hitting a deer with my car last year, and uh, it was bad. Um, it really wrecked my car, and of course, the deer was in a lot of pain. But the police said it wasn't really my fault. It should have been crossing where those signs are. But you know, sometimes you don't see the signs, or like a tree grows over it. So I don't know. We we exchanged insurance information and. Uh, <laughs> Actually, we send emails back and forth once in a while. Uh, he found out about the podcast and he, oh my God, he's going to hear this now. I, I, I don't know if I should say anything more. Uh, <laughs> well, this deer sounds like a real cool cat. Yeah, Bill, of course, I'm going to have you on the podcast sometime soon. Don't worry, buddy. Um, I would love to. You're a good guy. Uh, anyway, moving on. What would be a good price for getting a tooth pulled? Of course, you're not going to turn down a really low price, but maybe what is the highest you would pay to get a tooth pulled? I'm pretty low on teeth. My mom, we used to put Coca-Cola in my bottles. And uh, <laughs> of course, uh, it was hard to give up. So I, I was still doing it up to last year, but then my teeth were just all just rotten brown. So I went and got them all pulled, and it, it was not cheap, let me tell you. For me, the pulling teeth is not the problem. The problem is is the resale value. 
because I get the teeth pulled and then I put them up on eBay. And, you know, I'm a celebrity. I'm expected a pretty good price, but I'm getting all these lowball offers. You're messing up because you're a frog. You don't get this, okay? And <laughs> do frogs have teeth? I'm not sure about that. What you want to do is you take those teeth and you put them under your pillow. Buddy, there is this thing called a tooth fairy. It comes around to your house and it will give you money for the teeth that you have under your pillow. Oh, my God. That's how real human beings really rake in the money with their teeth. I must have a jar of about 800 teeth. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, (laughs) wait a second. People only have like teeth in their mouth. (laughs) They just keep falling out and then they grow back. I don't know if it's a byproduct of the curse. Yeah, that must be it. Wow. Boy. So what if I I put 800 teeth under my pillow? (laughs) I could be raking in a pretty penny. No more money trouble for Randy Newman. I I don't know if that's going to count, though, with the tooth fairy. I guess. I mean, that's magic and your magic, so... What, I assume it must work. At, you have to do it one at a time? Usually that's how it works, but I don't know. There's no laws about it. You could give it a try at least. What does a tooth fairy usually give you? Um, usually it's like, I don't know. It depends on the family. For some reason, some people get a lot of money, and then uh, my kids, for whatever reason, they only get like 50 cents in their under their pillow for theirs. Hmm. So. It seems like the Tooth Fairy does not love your kids. That's the only explanation. Well, the Tooth Fairy, she has some really weird uh, political beliefs. She really likes <laughs> rich people. She doesn't care for the poor people. And uh, we are kind of uh, struggling to make ends meet, uh, especially since that car accident. Um, the deductibles <laughs> were really rough. If you got a lot of money, you get a lot of money. But that's how things work a lot of times. But boy, even if I only got 50 cents, I'm still making $400 net gain from all of this. That's that, a pretty... would, that would solve Randy Newman's money trouble. That would solve all of my troubles. You see, I got in deep with the Yakuza. <laughs> and since my career has dollars deep. <laughs> and since my career has kind of been fading lately. They've been making a lot of cracking motions with their fist menacingly outside my window. I got to come up with that scratch soon. And I think this teeth business is my way. Let's say, I mean, you've got that curse. What happens if they like break your legs or something? Do you think that those would just, you know, grow back? Or what do you think is going on? Do they have to get cut off maybe? Well, I think like a frog, the leg would probably grow back. I'm sure you haven't cut off any of your limbs just to test this thing out, so it's just a theory right now. Oh, okay. Well, here, let me try it right now. I got <laughs> oh, this no. I got this machete right here. I'm just going to slice off my arm. Oh, oh no, Randy. Oh, God. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so much blood. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> oh. Randy, like, are you wearing a belt? Take that off. Take okay. it up on, on the wound. Get a tourniquet going, and then we'll hurry through the the rest of this podcast so you can go get this checked out. I guess it's a slow process for it to grow back. (laughs) Oh boy! If you start blacking out, just let me know, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get right to the ratings. Here, I got. I'm gonna rip the leg off of my table here, and I'm gonna bite down on it. Okay, but you know, when I ask you a question, then uh, I want you to take that out, though. Okay. When you snack, do you want to be junky, funky, unky in your tummy? <laughs> we all need to snack. And when you do, you don't want to be junky, unky, funky in your tummy. I think this is one of the rare times where the, the clip I play of the podcast might be an ad. Because hearing Matt Besser say that was so bizarre. <laughs> I'm not, I'm always I'm always blown away. Matt Besser really seems to like Nature Box a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, and his intern, I love that guy first of all, but uh, yeah, his intern is always stealing his snacks from him. I know, and Matt gets pissed. You can hear him sometimes screaming in the background of the improv scenes. Where the hell are my peanut butter nom noms, <laughs> Thomas? Who stole my lemonade stars? <laughs> One time I 
I sent an email maybe expressing some interest in the nature box. Uh, and it, it's pretty cool. I mean, they will email you like six, seven, eight times a day and just uh, check in with you. And, you know, it, it's good if you want somebody to talk to because uh, they're always ready to, you know, have a conversation with you. And it's cool. Yeah, that's what I really love about 24-7 customer support. Because I don't, I don't have much love in my life these days. What with my wife being running around with Rod Stewart, <laughs> my and my children, you know, them being f at least in their forties now, and so, being half frog. <laughs> yes, of course. Wait, I don't, I don't know if that has any bearing on what you were just saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, no, it's true, and because and because of the curse of the humanity did not did not pass on, my children are just these horrific abominations. <laughs> they have they have like really like slimy skin and, and it's green, but they have human features. <laughs> but then they eat with their tongue, their long sticky tongue. So that thing with Rod Stewart is still going on. Your wife is still out there with him. Oh yeah, gosh. You know all he has all he has to do is lay down them first few notes of "Do you think I'm sexy?" <laughs> oh, of course. How many kinds of music can you name? Well, let me just think of the type of music that I've done. Yeah, uh, what what is the kind of music that you do? Oh, rock and roll, of course. You're in the Hall of Fame. Rock and roll. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. But I did have a I did have a fun little endeavor in rap music. Oh wow! And you can hear it. You can hear it on my 1988 album "Land of Dreams" on the song "Master Man" and "Baby J." Oh, People boy. tell me that I brag a lot because I call myself the master man. Always talk about how I got dynamite in every hand. Hit it. And that's a real song, and you should listen to it. Man, you have an amazing flow. That's cool. Thank you very much. I always say the best rap was uh, late 80s when uh, you know a lot of different bands gave it, tried their hand at it. And I think a lot of those bands should have stuck with it. Like you, definitely, uh, Blondie. You know, all those kind of guys, they should have stuck with it because they had a real talent and they should have followed through with it. And I think uh, rap would be in a lot better place right now, if you know what I'm saying. I agree. And, you know, even Brian Wilson, the famous genius songwriter for the Beach Boys, he even had a rap song. And, that's, and it's a real song and it's called Smart Girls. And it goes, my name is Brian, and I like to make tunes, making all the girls get down with their grooves. That's awesome. I'm going to be looking that up as soon as we're done here. I just wish the Beatles had, you know, lived long enough to do a rap song. Oh, I know. R.I.P. Mm -hmm. It's too bad all the Beatles are dead now. That can never happen. Yeah. Oh, sorry, listeners. It's pretty sad. You know, I met Paul McCartney once. We were, we were very good friends. Mm -hmm. I met him backstage at the concert for Freedom right after 9-11. And, you know, he's he's such a sweet guy. You know, I came up to him and I said, hey, Paul. And he said, Randy, don't you ever make eye contact with me again, you Muppet-looking motherfucker, or I'll punch you in the glasses. So, we, you know, we get along good. <laughs> or we got along good. Right, before he passed away. Yeah. Oh, man. And can you imagine if that guy had done a rap? That would have been so good. Oh my gosh! It would have been so so whimsical. If you had a second head, what would you name it? <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. I could totally see that you and Bingo. Like, where would your head be growing out of, though? Because I mean, I guess you kind of imagine it like a second neck right there on your shoulders or something, or maybe like uh, that guy in Total Recall where he had the guado or whatever. Well, you know, my wife is always telling me that I'm thinking with my second head. Oh, boy. So, oh, so I mean, if the head was down there, then that would just make it literal. Yep, that's a good point. Oh, man, I'm thinking of lots of dirty jokes to say about that, but I don't want to make you blush because uh, you need all the blood you, <laughs> you can keep in your body. And you know I'm a very bashful man. <laughs> Ooh, I bet I know the answer to this one, but how do you feel about 50s throwback music? Matt Besser hated it. Oh, boy. Well, I, I love, I love 50s music. I think that was some of the best songs ever. You know, when they didn't used to sing, they didn't used to sing about anything consequential. And they would just sing about dancing, dancing around the grandfather clock in the living room. 
hey, kids, let's take the big clock and put it in the center of the room and we're going to dance around it. I actually had a song that was released in the late 50s. My first single when I was 18, Golden Gridiron Boy. In his football uniform, he looks 10 feet tall. Very good thing. And all the girls (laughs) run after him. And my girl's in front of them all. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's a pretty sad song, actually. Well, I couldn't have been mad because the man was 10 feet tall. And I had a lot of respect for him. That's true. So, I don't know. It's kind of happy then for you? because It was bittersweet. Yeah. (laughs) So, the taller someone is, the more you like them? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Like, (laughs) Andre the Giant? Man, that guy was amazing. I loved that guy. And that's why you always see you on the court, you know, on the sidelines of the basketball games. Right next to Jack Nicholson. Just waiting for your chance to meet a player. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm still waiting to meet Shaq. <laughs> me too, buddy. Me too. I'd love to oh, play wait, no, him I in had a- Shaq on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually know him pretty well now that I think about it. I'd love to play a game against him because apparently he's not a very good player because a child beat him. I heard a song about it. Oh, yeah. Uh that's a great that, song, too. That little Backstreet Boy brother kid. <laughs> I love his music. He is so good. We're talking about Aaron Carter. And, oh. of course, you know, my uh, email address is AaronCarterFan69 <laughs> at Yahoo.com. So you're 69. <laughs> I had to take 70. Right, yeah. So, I, I, of course, I tried 1 through 68. Luckily, 69 wasn't taken because I would have hated to be 70. Uh, no offense to you, of course, but... Uh, I am 70 years old. <laughs> uh, have you ever taught a little kid something wrong on purpose? Uh, let me start us off because when I was a kid, I was like uh, 15 years old and I babysat for some friends of the family. And uh, there's this little girl that I would babysit and she was a sweetheart, but she was only two years old. And uh, her brother, who was, you know, more my age, but he lived with his dad most of the time. Anyway, he would teach her all kinds of crazy things. And so I found out about this and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard of. And so I also started doing this. (laughs) And so I would tell this little girl that like, uh, like the sky is blue because it, it, it got painted or something, you know, just stupid things like that. And uh, eventually her mom had to sit me and her brother down and say, okay, you guys have got to stop doing this because this is a real human being. And (laughs) she doesn't know that you're lying to her. (laughs) So you have got to stop. And uh, yeah, so I did stop at that point. But then luckily I had my own children that I could lie to as much as I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my kids... You know, when they come out and they're little children and man, like they're growing yeah, little tadpoles, but man, they're only they're only knee high and it's disgusting. (laughs) It it bothers me. And so what I did with all of my kids is is one night, you know, when they were around three or four, because it's more humane, uh, I would knock them out and then I would take them to the doctor and and he would he would break their legs and, and give them extensions inside them to make them tall and then when they woke up i would say wow you had a growth spurt yeah and then they would say oh my legs are so sore so that's just growing pains <laughs> and then we would watch growing pains <laughs> i told them that, i told them they would learn all about it i mean it was such a good show that they forgot all about their pain and then that that kid kirk cameron i mean wow what a star I loved growing pain so much that I just, anything that guy says goes, in my opinion. And then if you ever looked at a banana, it's like, come on, if God didn't make that, um, why is it so perfect, right? <laughs> I know, because it's like, it's like a telephone. Have you ever tried opening a banana from the other side? It's weird. But I guess it's better because it's like a handle. And it, you know how you, when you usually open up a banana, you're like, oh my God, this is good, but I wish it had a handle. But if you open it from the bottom, ta-da. I know. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been pissed off 
by, by dropping my banana because I don't have a handle to grip onto. And then, of course, I slip on the peel and I fall comically and I break my back. And then there's another trip to the chiropractor. <laughs> but, yeah, I read that life hack and it changed my life. Yep, it's the best. When God closes a banana, he... No, that's stupid. Uh, let's see. So I think that's all my notes that I had, uh, which means it's time for ratings. We all know podcasts are the best, so let's rate this show from 1 to 10. But don't go too low when you rate, my friend, because then one wouldn't make much sense. It's So on podcasts are wonderful. We use a one to 10 rating scale where one is the worst and 10 is the best. But I think rating a podcast less than a seven is like taking someone who is seven feet tall and then cutting them off the knees, making them less than five feet tall. And that's one of the worst things you could ever do to a person. Yeah, it's disgusting. So that's why on podcasts are wonderful. We stick to the eights and nines and tens. So, Randy Newman, what would you give Improv for Humans, episode 203, featuring Matt Besser, Darcy Carden, Jill Donnelly, and Craig Rowan? Well, you know, I was going to give it a nine, but that height analogy has got me thinking the taller, the better. I'm going to give it a 10. Great. Thank you. That's a great rating, and I totally agree with it. I also think it was a 10. Uh, I love, love, love Darcy Carden and Craig Rowan and Matt Besser, and I don't have a strong connection necessarily to Jill Donnelly, but she performed very well on this podcast. So maybe in the future, I will say Jill Donnelly, one of the best. But uh, yeah, I love all those guys. And it was a really funny episode. Yeah, I really, I really love this one. I I really, really love listening to Improv for Humans. I think it's consistently one of the funniest podcasts out there. And I think more people should listen to it. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts, Randy? Oh, come on. All the time. I, I listened to, to WTF with Mark Marin. I'm waiting until I can get on that. <laughs> t- tell him about my meeting with Lorne. <laughs> I was in Three Amigos. Come on. Yeah, it seems like you make kind of funny songs. I mean, in a way, they're sometimes funny. He should have you on. <laughs> he should. And we could talk about the blues together. Do you guys have like some kind of really big beef in the past that maybe he doesn't want to have you on because of? Oh, yeah. Well, in, in the early 90s, when we were just up and coming comics in the New York scene, uh, you know, I had I had some success and he felt very petty about that. And we stopped talking. Yep. Pretty much the reason he hasn't had me on as well. <laughs> but that's OK. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll have him on sometime to hash it out with me. <laughs> That'd be great. And yeah, I agree. Improv for Humans is always a really great show and everybody should go listen to it. And then also, uh, Craig Rowan, he used to do this podcast called It's That Episode, where he would have guests on and they would talk about like their favorite episode of a TV show or just a TV show that they wanted to talk about. Uh, and it was really great. And I wish he still did it, but he's a busy guy. He's a writer for TV and stuff now. Uh, so uh, that's just me sending that out there to Craig Rowan, uh, if you're listening. Get off your ass and start making more podcasts. <laughs> no, that's too rude. That's terrible to say to someone. Qu- quit, quit your paying TV job and go <laughs> exactly. back to doing podcasts for free. Exactly. Uh, no, but it's a great podcast. And if you are looking for something to fill some time, you could do a lot worse than that podcast. And it has a really amazing theme song. If nothing else, go check out one episode to hear the theme song because it's incredibly apt for what the podcast is. But yeah, so that was us talking about Improv for Humans. Was there anything else you wanted to say about Improv for Humans? Well, I just, I just love it. That's all I want to say. Great, me too. How about anything else in general? Was there anything else we didn't get to? Like, uh, what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have I don't have a Twitter handle. Oh, but, okay. But there's 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 a, a young man. I I really like his his music, and he makes funny jokes every now and then. Maybe once every two months. You should follow him at Clotwo. Oh, I think I already follow that guy actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is pretty funny. I mean, he doesn't tweet a lot, but he's really funny. <laughs> and I, I love his music. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Oh.